0: everyone welcome to soulmates podcast this is emily
1: and this is rachel
0: today's episode is a k-pop legend series and we're going back back to the beginning as hillary duff would say <laughs> we are going to talk about h.o.t the original idol group from south korea we're going all the way back to the 90s rachel i'm ready H.O.T. is also going to be our first group that we're covering for the Legends series. Everyone else we talked about as solo artists, but I think H.O.T. has to be talked about as a unit because of just how influential the group was.
1: Yes. I mean, this is basically, like you said, the first K-pop group. They were literally the blueprint. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So I think it's really important that we talk about them. And if you had no idea that this was, like, the first K-pop group, welcome. We're gonna learn some things today. Also, H.O.T. is an acronym, and it stands for High Five of Teenagers.
0: Love it. I love that they start with stupid acronyms, and we keep that tradition alive today. Yes, we do. H.O.T., it was created by SM Entertainment in 1996. Let me set the scene. It's 1996. Jinkos, You can get them at a store. (laughs) Everyone's wearing maxi dresses with baby t-shirts.
1: Also picture like 90s R&B fashion, because that is definitely featured prominently.
0: So H.O.T. is on record considered to be the first K-pop idol group. Their group had a successful formula that became the model for many K-pop groups that followed after them in their footsteps. Like literal blueprint for idol groups
1: right i mean obviously their music is going to sound different from what you might be used to now in the 2020s listening to k-pop and even in the uh 20 teens but you can also definitely hear similarities and i think that's very interesting
0: h.o.t sold more than 6.4 million records in south korea during their career They were also commercially successful in China and Japan, and were one of the first stars among the Korean wave in Asia, so that also included our girl, Boa. The group broke up in 2001, so 1996 to 2001, and it was due to contract disagreements with SM Entertainment. Wow, (laughs) that's still happening today. Right, not much (laughs) has changed. (laughs) No, as much as things change, they all stay the same. That is especially true for K-pop. The founder of SM Entertainment, Lee Man, had polled high school students to find their ideal pop group. And he's like, what do you want? What would make you like listen to this music? What do you think is cool? And then he used all that data, made a pie chart and created H.O.T.
1: <laughs> Basically, yeah.
0: The first member to join the group was Kongta, and Lee discovered him at an amusement park. That's like Tyra Banks finding you at a mall
1: right
0: <laughs> it's like hey kid you're hot can you sing and dance <laughs> the next two to join were actually friends and singing partners that is Moo Hee Jun and Lee Jae Wan. the fourth person to join HOT was Jong Woo Hyuk he got Lee's attention after winning a dance contest and the last person to join was Tony Ahn he joined after auditioning in LA like I said, the more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> yes.
1: It's wild to think of them being popular when we were like four to eight years old. <laughs> and then... Hey, I don't feel so old anymore. <laughs> right. Right. So they were popular when we were like four to eight years old. And now that we're like almost 30, this same sort of formulation is still happening for K-pop and it's working. So... It's
0: crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally the definition of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Right. So the grand debut
0: of H.O.T. was in September 1996, and they released the album, We Hate All Kinds of Violence. Um, (laughs) What a funny name for an album. Okay. And this was a success right off the bat. It sold 1.5 million copies. Their first single, Descendants of Warriors, was a critique of schoolyard bullying, while their second single, Candy, was like a cheerful bubblegum pop song that established H.O.T.'s popularity, especially among teenage girls. So that's where the in-sync Backstreet Boys, Hey Girl, Camera Wink, they started that.
1: <laughs> right. And we will play you a snippet of Descendants of Warriors and Candy. They're very different songs. So... Keep in mind that HOT released songs that sounded like Descendants of Warriors and also like Candy.
0: they could be your angle or your devil (laughs) so
1: in july of 1997 h.o.t then released their second album which was called wolf and sheep very clever, which <laughs> which sold 1 million copies in 10 days. That's quite a lot. The album included the single of the same name, Wolf and Sheep, and also the singles Happiness and We Are the Future, which is very 90s.
0: <laughs> I feel like these three could also be NCT title songs right now.
1: Exactly. Wolf and Sheep was actually banned from airplay due to its strong use of language but the album was both commercially and critically successful despite that, and it actually won the grand prize at both the 1997 Golden Disc Awards and the 1997 Soul Music Awards. Additionally, the single We Are the Future was nominated for an International Viewer's Choice Award at the 1998 MTV Video Music Awards.
0: The VMAs.
1: You know, BTS wasn't the first one. <laughs> H-O- oh. H.O.T. slid in there early but it was just like a long dry period after that yeah
0: <laughs> let's listen to this spicy song that got banned wolf and sheep <laughs> Wow. So spacey. By the end of 1997, H.O.T. had become a social sensation in South Korea. And with their success came the rise of K-pop fan culture. So buying out all the albums in like a coordinated effort, fan clubs, fan chants, dressing in a coordinated fashion at their concerts, like all that shit that you can think of, all has its origins in 1997 with H.O.T. H.O.T. released their third album, Resurrection, in September of 1998. The album features a variety of styles, including hardcore hip-hop, and it sold more than 1.1 million copies during the following year. At the 1998 Soul Music Awards, Resurrection was awarded the Grand Prize. However, they ran into their first controversy with this. People online, specifically people online, I would like to uh, mention. (laughs) It was weirdly clarified that it was like people online accused the album of plagiarism on account of alleged similarities between the album's lead single, Line Up, and Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. So let's listen to Line Up and see if that is true. No! Ah! So despite this controversy, this did not stop H.O.T. from performing alongside Michael Jackson and S.E.S., which is a popular girl group of the time. They all performed at a benefit concert in Seoul arranged by Michael Jackson himself in June of 1999. Is this the start of like the obsession with Michael Jackson in South Korea?
1: You know, potentially. I forget which video I was looking at, but one of the members literally looks like he's trying to cosplay Michael Jackson. So, in September of 1999, H.O.T. released their fourth album, Aya!
0: Exclamation point!
1: (laughs) Aya! The album's title track was about a 1999 fire that killed kindergarten students at the Sealand Youth Training Center in South Korea. Wah, wah. Sad. The album sold more than 1.3 million copies. In the same month, HOT became the first K pop group to perform at the Seoul Olympic Stadium, where 72,000 fans saw them perform. So let's listen to Aya and another song off of their album, Get It Up, spelled G I T.
0: 다치없는 말로 마. 1 for the kiss, 2 for the oh 그래 우리가 만든 헌장대로 찍혀진 게 뭐가 있는가 없다 없다 그들은 수해당하고 무시당하고 보호받지도 못하고 모두 다 길이로, 모두 다 길이로 가는 모든 우리들의 자신을 봐 In February of 2000, HOT performed for 13,000 fans in Beijing at their first concert in China. And then from there, the group became immensely popular among Chinese teenagers, and their success inspired SM Entertainment and other South Korean entertainment companies to promote their artists in China. And when we were getting into K-pop in 2010, that was a major thing as well. Like, trying to tap into the Chinese market. It all started with H.O.T. Yeah. So H.O.T. released their fifth album, Outside Castle, in September of 2000. That year, the group also starred in a sci-fi movie called Age of Peace, in which they portrayed soccer players living in a futuristic society. And I will say, while doing research... The person who wrote uh, about this was like, and the movie was not good.
1: (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe don't look that up. Yeah. So in May of 2001. H.O.T. sadly announced their disbandment at a press conference. The members, Tony, Wan, and Woo Hyuk told the press that they were leaving SM Entertainment because they could not come to an agreement with the company over a new contract. Again, we've seen this many times in future K-pop groups, but this was the first one. (laughs) In the following days, hundreds of the group's fans protested outside of SM Entertainment headquarters Some fans even blocked the road and threw rocks at the company's headquarters windows to protest what they believed were unjust actions against H.O.T. on the part of SM Entertainment. It was later reported that the contractual disagreements between H.O.T. and SM Entertainment concerned the group members' pay. Hmm. Huh. Which was only about, sit down for this, $10,000 for every 1 million albums they sold. Yeah. That is criminal.
0: <laughs> yeah. After the split, Kongta and Hee were offered contracts by SM Entertainment as solo artists. Tony, Jae Won, and Woo Hyuk signed to Yee Jeon Media and actually formed a three member group called JTL. Um, they had some moderate success and then they disbanded in 2003, but all five former members of H.O.T. have since pursued solar careers and are actually still active in the entertainment industry.
1: Yeah, all the H.O.T. members are now in their early 40s and a lot of them are still acting. So you may actually see them in some of the K-dramas you are watching.
0: They had a reunion, I believe, on, like, a talk show or some kind of reality show, and that was, I believe, in 2018, but I know that there are still fans of H.O.T. who are pushing for a, like, full-on reunion tour. It's just kind of crazy when looking at the history of the group that if we just changed some of these dates this would sound like a group that was, you know, made maybe like three to five years ago.
1: Exactly. It's crazy the similarities in like the life and death cycle of K-pop groups.
0: Their reign was relatively short too, Mm -hmm. you know? 1996 to 2000, that's so short. And yet their legacy lives on. I cannot believe how much influence that they had. On not only South Korea, but also throughout Asia. And the fact that they were not paid is mind-blowing. Like, these people are icons, legends. They were the moment.
1: Why were they not paid? It's fucking sad. And we know this is still happening today. I don't think there are as many protests outside of SM Entertainment. But I mean, I think... And we'll say it again, the more we bring attention to the fact that K-pop members are mistreated, maybe we can push things towards change by putting pressure on these companies to actually treat their employees well. Especially when they're extremely successful. (laughs) Like H.O.T. was extremely successful.
0: So I was inspired to do this episode because SM has been releasing remastered old music videos on their YouTube channel, not only for H.O.T., but for other old acts as well, and I was like, oh my god, this is such a throwback, and it made me want to look up all the H.O.T. music videos, and some of them definitely look potato. (laughs) (laughs) I was completely transfixed. It was not only, like, going back in time, but I was like, this feels so fresh, And new (laughs) at the same time.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, a lot of 90s trends are being revisited right now. So looking at music videos from the late 90s is like pretty cool because you can see a lot of the same things compared to now.
0: I just think that as a K-pop fan, you really should know your history. K-pop has existed since the 90s and it's not going away. I feel like people are stuck in this cycle of groups are only as good as like the last thing that they put out or like, I'm not going to listen to anything that's more than two years old because that is old. That's like hashtag late. Mm -hmm. It's over. And I just think that's dumb because K-pop is so fun and such a rich genre with really deep roots, you know, all the way back to 1996, y'all. Yeah, 100%. Why do you think people who like K-pop should know about early groups?
1: Because like we've been saying, it's, it's the foundation for all these other groups. Not only in the fact that if the first groups didn't exist, the new groups wouldn't exist. But also because there's so many things that stylistically have not changed. Like, I was expecting when I looked up these older songs to not like them. But honestly, it sounds pretty similar to what we're listening to now. Obviously different because it has a lot more of a 90s influence, but we're, again, seeing that resurgence in music that's coming out in the 2020s. And I just think it's important that we realize where these trends came from and that we can look back, reflect back, and learn about what might be coming (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the future.
0: Well said. So, after this episode, y'all go look up HOT on YouTube, look up Baby Vox and SES, and have a good time.
1: I was really surprised at how much I liked Descendants of Warriors, so please give that a listen. It was giving me like Wu Tang vibes. Work. And I'm a white girl, so take that with a grain of salt, but that's what the vibes (laughs) it was giving me.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's wrap this one up with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I am going to recommend 90s Love by NCTU. U. Ah, uh, that's perfect.
1: <laughs> I'm going to recommend Mint by Red Mint, which stands for money is never a thing.
0: They're living in a post-capitalist society. Go Red Mint. It's actually a socialist statement. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you guys so much for listening to this K-pop legend series, H.O.T. Just a reminder that we will be taking a hiatus in January. I'm getting married.
1: Marriage. <laughs> yes.
0: So it's going to be crazy, so we're just going to take a break. Um, Hopefully we'll be back sometime in February. We will be at Hale Matsuri doing two panels on Friday, so you can catch us there and I'll have free pins. That's all the announcements. <laughs> You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast.
1: You can check us out on Instagram where we have our link tree that links out to our Spotify and YouTube accounts. Our Spotify account in particular has playlists of the latest releases. And maybe we should even do a Golden Oldies playlist for K-pop. Ooh. Let us know. But yeah, you can find us there at Soulmates Podcast.
0: <laughs> Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com.
1: Check out some of our travel videos and food videos on YouTube under our channel name, Soulmates Podcast.
0: You can find this program pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you follow us, you subscribe, you uh, poke. I don't know what they do anymore.
1: Oh, God. Not (laughs) poking.
0: (laughs) We're here every other Friday except in January. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you guys for our last episode before the hiatus in two weeks. Bye. Bye.